0: You're listening to The Dave Smith Show on the SportsMap Radio Network. Here's Dave Smith. All right, let's get out to the Progressive Insurance guest line. Progressive, making it easy to bundle your home and your car insurance. Get your quote at Progressive.com today. Progressive is proud to honor our veterans by donating cars to move their lives forward, especially in times of need. Learn more about their Keys to Progress program and plans for 2021 at keys to progress.com. And here he is, the all-time great actor, public speaker, the guru and savant of the National Basketball Association. We love having him on on Sunday nights to talk about the league. It is the great Bill Horenda. What's up, Bill?
1: Dave, always terrific to be with you. What a great weekend in the league. So many terrific matchups all over the docket this weekend.
0: What do you think about this, uh, this rumored Lakers divorce with LeBron, and, uh, and, 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 LeBron and, uh, and Clutch and Rich Paul not being happy with no moves being made at the trade deadline? And they wanted that, I guess, John Wall for a Russell Westbrook deal. But if the Lakers had to throw in a 2027 number one, uh, Rob Palenka should be commended for not making that trade. That would have been a bad deal.
1: Dave, success has a thousand fathers and failure is an orphan. Now, LeBron James, of course, at 37, is playing at an extremely high level. He's making $41.1 million with the Lakers this year, $44.5 million next year. Now, he's eligible for that two-year max extension August 4th. We'll see what happens. Of course, he'd like to align his flexibility with his son, Bronning, being draft eligible ahead of the 24-25 season, which he could do, right? I mean, he could do a one-year deal with the Lakers, a one-year deal with Cleveland for that 23-24 season ahead of that. So, uh, listen, we've got a snapshot to go here of the regular season. Unfortunately, the big three has not been healthy. I know it has not worked yet. Uh, So there are uh, many things here to play out in Los Angeles as it pertains to LeBron and the Lakers. And I think it's anyone's guess. I don't even think he knows how this is going to play out over the short term and even the long term for that matter.
0: And, you know, the uh, the NBA is getting rid of the one-and-done rule, evidently, in 24, where you can go straight from high school. But they're thinking about moving that up maybe to 23 from what I was reading, which means uh, maybe a year early LeBron could play with his son. But I've watched Bronny play his whole career out here at Sierra Canyon. There's no way. He's not good enough to make the jump from high school to the NBA, at least not yet. That, that's not realistic.
1: And, and you know what, Dave, when you look at it, when you talk to NBA people, they're a draft buckets. So if you're drafting one to three, you're hoping you're going to get an all-star. Four to fourteen you 're hoping for a starter, a rotation player fifteen to twenty seven and then a fringe player twenty seven to sixty now we don 't have to go off on a diatribe here of undrafted players, which I love as you know, uh, namely Fred van Lee but uh, for Bronny, obviously uh, you know I would never put a ceiling on him or any player or any collective group of players, so uh, he is definitely going to improve, and it just will deter- it will de- depend upon how things play out for him over the next two years or so, and how it plays out with LeBron. And, of course, I mean, he's playing at an extremely high level at this age. And when Bronny comes into the league, remember, he is going to be 40 years old. But, hey, he could be the hoops equivalent of Tom Brady. We'll see.
0: And, you know, he's projected as a second-round draft choice right now, Bronny. But, you know, Bill, you were a coach. I was a coach for a long time. I've seen guys, and he's i've seen guys between their junior and senior years explode and have unbelievable improvements so i i i just we just don't have any idea yet how good he can be
1: exactly Dave. and and you know listen, we can measure metrics and analytics and look at tape and all of these things. Uh, but you'll never be able to measure a, a player's heart and their desire. And you're right. Uh, you know, the, the, there's there's no ceiling for Bronny's development. It's just a question of how quickly he will get to his ceiling, and that's something that no one can predict and at who this, knows, a particular he, juncture. He might
0: be six seven by next year. Who knows? He's a growing kid. <laughs> no, exactly. Hey, Dave, you're even getting better. I mean, <laughs> you're, you're better tonight
1: than you were earlier this evening i mean look at that so you're right you just can't put a ceiling on anyone's potential
0: you know you used to do some work for the sacramento kings bill and uh you know the deal was basically Therese halliburton for for um demonis sabonis two really good sabonis has been great with the Kings so far i think he's averaging like 21 and 15 since he's been there and boy, but Therese halliburton is exploding at the point guard position for the pacers and he's four years younger uh I don't know. What was the point of this trade? They're both really good players. I I, I think both teams are pretty much in the same position right now, except Tyrese is four years younger.
1: I don't get it, Dave. I just would not have parted with Halliburton. I mean, look at him versus the Celtics today, getting the home win, 22 points, 9 assists, 8 of 12 from the floor, 4 of 6 from 3. He's averaging 20 points, 11 assists, shooting 43%, 48 from three, and 80% from the free throw line with the Pacers. You know, Ryan McDonough, the former Suns GM, calls him a future all-star. So do I. I I would not have parted with him. No way.
0: You know, you growing up in the New York area and following the Knicks, uh, you know, they've been struggling. They lose again today. They're 25-36. and Now they are uh, four and a half back of that play-in spot, number 10. uh, And they announced that Kemba Walker now, even though he's not hurt, is going to sit out the rest of the season. Uh, to get ready for next year so he can sign with the. Are they giving up on the season? Because uh, he's still pretty good. He's averaging, what, 14 points a game. He can still help him maybe off the bench, but now he's not going to play at all the rest of the year.
1: Uh, and also, Dave, now Grimes is hurt with a knee injury. He, he's out two weeks. Uh, recently, uh, we learned that Derrick Rose had a setback with the ankle injury. However, they still expect him back. Now, what's interesting about the mix, they've lost five straight. They were used and abused by Embiid and, and uh, Harden today at the Garden. Now, Randall has averaged 27 points, 12 rebounds, 7 assists, heading into today's game over his last eight. But what's interesting to me is I looked at when they lost to Brooklyn last week. In the fourth quarter, they were – one for whatever from three in the final stanza today against the Sixers. They entered the fourth quarter trailing by two. They were one of nine from downtown nine of 25 overall for 36%. Now Rick Pitino says you need three and a half shooters on the floor to win in today's game. And when you look at the Knicks, I just don't see three and a half shooters on the floor. So they will need uh, some defensive improvement because on the other side of the token, the Sixers nine of 18, four of nine from three. And by the way, 12 of 12 from the free throw line. The Knicks got to the free throw line once in the fourth quarter. So where is this defense going to come from? And, of course, they need guys like Quickly to step up. Reddish as well, uh, who has shown great potential. Tibbs has been reluctant to play him. And, you know, also they've had injuries in the front court uh, with, with Gibson and Irwin-Noel. Ner- Erland- so I'm not sure what the answers are there, but it's a big fallback from last season's tremendous defense and, of course, finishing fourth in the Eastern Conference overall.
0: Boy, so far, so good uh, for James Harden playing in Philadelphia after the the trade for Ben Simmons. Uh, He's played two games, two blowout wins. He had 27 and 12 assists the first game, 29 and 16 assists today. Unlimited shots, too. He's shooting about 60% from the floor. So, uh, so far, it looks like it's working.
1: Dave, when the honeymoon is good, the marriage tends to be terrific. (laughs) Now, (laughs) listen, and I speak from personal experience, but I digress. Listen. It's a great start, but uh, and I think the deal for Philadelphia was that with this influx of talent, they feel as though they can really challenge in the Eastern Conference, right, against the likes of Miami, Chicago, and, of course, uh, the Bucs, the defending champions. The Celtics have come on strong. We'll see how the Nets improve uh, with maybe Kyrie on a full-time basis and Simmons uh, and Durant uh, getting healthy. So it's going to be a dogfight, but for Philadelphia fans, you've got to feel good uh, with this early a start for uh, Harden. He's been terrific for the Sixers, no doubt.
0: Well, you know, watching that Pelicans team the other night, they go to Phoenix and blow them out. The the team with the best record in the NBA, a double-digit win on the road at Phoenix, which was good. They're up 10 on the Lakers right now with eight minutes to go in the second quarter. You know, Herbert Jones looks like a pretty good uh, young player. Valen that you talk about a lot, is a a really good NBA center, a double-double guy. Uh, Jackson Hayes, since he moved into the starting lineup, is playing really well, but... The thing, boy, if they could, I know this is a big if, <laughs> if if they can somehow get Zion back, he and McCollum and Ingram, uh, that is a really, really good big three to have. And that would make them a really competitive team if those three are playing.
1: Yeah, they really would be, Dave. And look at McCollum over his last five games. He's averaging 32 points per game, shooting yeah. 58% from the floor. And so much of their progress really depends upon uh, how well they play defensively. And their record was so poor to start. I, I, you know, don't quote me on this. I think it was something like 2-12. and 12, But it's reminiscent of the 84-85 Cleveland Cavaliers under George Carl, who had a similar hard start but made the playoffs. So you really have to give Willie Green a lot of credit uh, yes. for keeping that team together. And it's a textbook example of the season being a marathon and not a sprint.
0: Well, you were close. They started out 1-12, Bill Horrenda. Very, very good guess.
1: <laughs> well, I'm quite magnanimous, Dave. You see, I always see uh, the glasses being half full.
0: Well, how about the Heat being number one in the East? You know, Pat Riley and company and Eric Spolster are doing it again. Uh, good organization, good head coach, and they're always competitive, and they went to the finals two years ago. And people overlooked them. Uh, uh, nobody was talking about them when the season started.
1: Dave, at the break, they're sixth in defensive rating, eighth in offensive rating, and sixth in net rating. And, you know, they've just got the intangible toughness uh, that, you know, players like Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler bring. I mean, Bam Adebayo has been absolutely scintillating as his offensive game continues to develop, and You're right. You know, some people will look at, you know, their mantra of toughness and conditioning and all that and kind of scoff at it, but I'm certainly a believer. And, you know, guys like P.J. Tucker, you walk by P.J. Tucker uh, in an arena and you don't even, you walk by him and you feel like you're bruised. You look at him and you're like, this is a guy I would not want to get matched up against in practice. And then Tyler Hero has been terrific off the bench. Robinson, what a great story with his shooting. Uh, Yurtsevin has been great. Uh, So, yeah, they really do all things well when it comes to NBA basketball in that they draft well, they attract free agents, they're very good at skill development, and they're all also crafty on the trade market. So check all the boxes uh, for the Heat. And they're, they're going to be a very tough out in the playoffs.
0: Well, my Nuggets, Bill Horrenda, who I picked to win the NBA championship when the season started, have won five straight now. They're in the number six slot, uh, and they're getting uh, Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray back in March from what I'm reading so who knows? I might look, look like a genius like you did last year when you were on the Suns.
1: <laughs> when it rains, it pours, Dave. They're also undefeated since they've signed DeMarcus Cousins, and he's been reunited yep. with Michael Malone. Uh, so you just have to give uh, Malone a ton of credit and his coaching staff and his players because they have just hung so tough uh, this season through all these injuries. And Jokic, of course, is playing at another all-star level uh, Aaron Gordon has been great. Will Barton. How about Monte Morris? He, you know, he's the guy that you want taking your daughter out on a date. Because if you loan him your car, he's going to bring your daughter back early. The car's <laughs> going to be washed, and the oil will be changed. The way That's he what takes like. care of the basketball.
0: Yeah.
1: And he's also devel- developed uh, offensively as well. So, well, yeah, what, what a great uh, story. In Denver.
0: My daughter can start dating when she's 30. I told her that the other day.
1: Yeah. <laughs> You're a very magnanimous, Dave. Yes, we know
0: that. I, yes, I am. Uh, Jay Williams on TV the other day, he said the Memphis Grizzlies are going to the NBA Finals. And watching them play and seeing Jog at 46 what uh, last night, uh, he might not be wrong about that, the way they're playing right now.
1: Yeah, just an incredible uh, roster that they have put together in Memphis. And, uh Taylor Jenkins, a serious Coach of the Year candidate. Morant, Dave, is just absolutely spectacular. I mean, you you know, on the NBA League pass, you just have to watch him. He's he's that amazing. We saw that in Chicago yesterday. Desmond Bain, Williams, Jaron Jackson Jr. You know, listen, you know, the other thing that doesn't get talked about enough is really Tyus Jones in in the backup role and also on the floor with Morant is a real pass-happy backup point guard. And how about this, Dave? The stops, we saw Kyle Anderson yesterday with the stop on DeRozan securing the win. We just saw uh, Zubat for the Clippers blocking wood at the rim. We've seen Jokic stop uh, the Rockets as well, and then most recently the Raptors at the rim. So when it comes to crunch time, Sometimes we just don't, don't overlook defensive playmaking, as Gordy Chase the great former assistant uh, to, to Jerry Sloan with the Utah Jazz, talks about that all the time. And this is a team that is full of two-way players that can make plays offensively but also can make plays defensively. They are kinetic, uh, the, the Memphis Grizzlies.
0: I like what you said about my tremendous improvement from week to week on the air here, Bill You know, I'm up for MVP, Most Improved, and the Marconi <laughs> Award here in the radio business. And I've also cleaned off a spot on the mantle here for my Marconi at the end of the year and a large pay raise. So I'm getting ready.
1: Dave, I won't even be disappointed if you don't mention me in your acceptance speech, which <laughs> I recommend you start to write now. But, again, you're so good, you know, extemporaneous, uh, just being, uh, uh, you know, spontaneous, you could certainly get it done and carry that.
0: Who gets a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame first, you or me, if, you had to, if you're a betting man?
1: Oh, Dave, definitely you. And I mean, <laughs> listen, I, 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 I don't hold it against uh, anyone. You know, I'm a newcomer still to this region. I have so much, you know, jersey in me that it's going to take a while. So I will enjoy it for you. And uh, wasn't it uh, uh, Teddy Roosevelt who said, uh, comparison is the thief of joy? So I will be joyous when you get it. And, uh, hey, who knows? Maybe I'll get it someday as well.
0: Funny you mentioned Teddy Roosevelt. Real quick before we go here, uh, I was thinking how how Ukraine is being so strong here and the Klitschko brothers and fighting for their country. I read a story about Teddy uh, the other day. He got shot in the chest once before he made a speech in 2012 in in, in 1912 in Milwaukee. He went up and made a 90-minute speech with a bullet in his chest. Uh, There were two bullet holes in the papers that he read the speech off of. Then he opened up his vest and showed the crowd his bloody shirt, and he said it takes a hell of a lot more than that to kill a bull moose. (laughs) There's old school.
1: Dave, that's Mr. Gray, St. Peter's Prep. Call DiLorenzo, St. Peter's Prep. In World Civ and U.S. history, I remember that well. And, again, it's terrific that you are bringing that to light. And, of course, all our prayers go to the folks in Ukraine.
0: Absolutely. We'll talk to you next week, Bill. Great stuff.
1: My pleasure, Dave. Look forward to it.
0: Dave Smith and the Dave Smith Show right here at SportsMap Radio.